Matthew chapter 5, we are nearing the end of our study in the Beatitudes of the opening of God's Sermon on the Mount, and we are down to verse number 9. We've already looked at the fact that he said, these are blessed, meaning they have the the presence of of God with them, they they enjoy the provision of God, and it's those that acknowledge their brokenness before God, they're bankrupt, they are broken in spirit before God, and they will end up being comforted, they are willing to give up their rights, and they have a hunger and thirst after righteousness, And then, those all relate to our relationship with God. And then it says, there is a special blessing to the merciful, learning, as God has been merciful with us, we should be merciful with others. And last week we saw, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Today we are at verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. At the end of World War II, the United Nations was formed. Um, It was formed as an agency for world peace. Interesting things. The infamy of it, it was formed on my birthday... I wasn't born yet, but the day I was going to be born, okay. And interesting thing, Marilyn's dad, way back when, saw the dangers of the United Nations, and he made a sign that he put on his car, like, I don't know if it was four by eight, but, and they lived out in Wyoming, the Wild West, you know, and it said, get us out of the UN. This was way back when. And for various reasons. Anyway, that sign ended up with bullet holes through it for various reasons, all right? If you want to know more of the story behind that, ask her. If you think she's full of life, you should have met her dad, okay? (laughs) But since the UN was formed with this as their motto, to have succeeding generations be free from the scourge of war. That's the UN's motto. To have succeeding generations be free from the scourge of war. Since the time that it has been formed, there has not been one single day of peace in the world. Not one day. We don't have peace politically. We don't have peace socially as people. We don't have peace in our homes. We don't have peace in our nations or cities or states. We, most of all, as people, we don't have peace in our hearts. And since the fall of man, since Adam and Eve's sin Peace was totally disrupted, 
and taken from the earth, and there is an ongoing war with God. Not only is man at war with God, but so is Satan and all his hosts of fallen angels. And much of what you see going on in the world today is a testimony of that lack of peace. Consequently, we have conflict in the angelic area as well as in the human area. And in the midst of all this, Jesus comes on the scene and he's teaching these things and he, he's step by step teaching them how to be brought to a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he comes down and he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Let me just say at the start, he's not saying... If you are, the way to become a son of God is to be a peacemaker. We'll touch on it a little bit later. What he's saying is, if you are a son of God, it will be evidenced in your life that you are a peacemaker. So we think about this aspect of, okay, we're in this fallen world. There's um, all this conflict that stems right from our own heart, how can I be a peacemaker? And this morning, we'd like to look at at four aspects of peacemaking that that really, as, as individuals, God has called us to these four aspects. And I want you, as we go through these four aspects today, I want you to, to think, okay, how am I in regard to these aspects? I'm going to illustrate these four aspects um, through having these chairs here. And, and I want you then to think personally, how am I? Am I a peacemaker in, in this area? The first aspect. It is impossible for us to be a peacemaker unless we have peace with God. There is no peace unto the wicked. We've already dealt with this last Sunday and and in many previous Sundays. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And in order for there to be peace... Sin in our heart has to be dealt with. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And notice if you'd look at verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 2, that at that time... You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Okay, so he says, before you came to Christ, you were without Christ. You were strangers from the promises that God had given. You had no hope. Why? Because you were without, we were without God in this world. 
verse 13. Now he's writing to the believers at the church at Ephesus. He said, there was a time when you were without God, without hope. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who hath made both one and has broken down the wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments containing the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So Paul's writing there, and he's reminding these believers. He said there was, there was war between we as human beings and God because of our sin. There was a wall of separation, the law. We could not keep the law. Christ came and he fulfilled the law and he broke down the wall of separation. And that which was at war, he made peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he offers that peace to all men. And this is what Paul is saying. And he's writing it to the believers. And he said, you now have peace in Christ You have the peace with God. You're no longer at war. How did we get this peace? Jesus Christ. Calvary covered it all. My sin with its past and stain. And that sin was at war against God. Our nature was at war against God. But Christ paid the penalty for our sin that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord should have forgiveness of sins. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that it is as though we lived Christ's life. It was his life that now covers our life. And there is no longer war between God's holiness and our sin. We are made one with him. You remember when Christ came into the world, the message that the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There, there had been no peace like is available here. And, and so when they saw God send his son to pay the penalty for our sin, with glad tidings, the hosts of heaven said, there is now peace on earth. There is now the ability for mankind to be at peace with God. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And verse 1. Therefore... 
Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Notice, we have been justified. Those who have received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin have been justified by faith, and we have peace with God. Notice if you'd look in verses 10 and 11. Of the same chapter. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. He says, we have been reconciled. We have been restored to fellowship with God Through Jesus Christ. So he says that we have peace with God. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And if you look in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. No condemnation. Why? The first thing is we, we now have peace with God. Our sin was taken care of. We have peace with God. You will never, you will never ever be a peacemaker until you first of all come to trust Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you come to be at peace with God. Every individual who has never personally trusted Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins is at war with God. They might say, I believe in God. I don't feel like I'm at war with God. But they are. They are separated from God and they have no peace. So that's first and foremost. That is in proper order. Secondly, it is important if we're going to be a peacemaker that we learn to have the peace of God. Now, the first one is peace with God. The second one is the peace that God gives to us in in the midst of this world. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. You will be amazed as you read through Scripture, and if you kind of keep your eyes out for peace you'll be amazed how it just shows up everywhere. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. In verse 12, Paul is praying for them, instructing them, and gives them instructions. And one of them, we're not going to take the time to look at the others, but in verse 15 he then says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, if we have peace with God, it should produce in our life the peace of God. It is a peace that is anchored in truth. Peace always comes connected with truth. It is the peace that rules in our life, that in the midst of of turmoil around us, we're able to say, no, I, I know the truth, that God is in control, God is shepherding me, I am a child of God, my sins are forgiven, God is at work in my life, God's grace is sufficient, we heard the offertory, He giveth more grace, As the burdens grow greater, God will work all things together for good, and my home is heaven. So I don't need to be uptight. I don't need to be fretful. I don't need to be worried. I must let the peace of God rule in my heart. Look at Philippians chapter 4. As a believer, if we obey the Spirit of God, one of the things that the Spirit produces is, he says, the the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit produces in our life is love, joy, and peace. If we truly are a child of God and we are submitting to the Spirit, and that's what this is all about, to have the peace of God ruling in our hearts means we're submitting to the Spirit. Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation or gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be fretful. Don't be fearful. Don't, don't be filled with all this anxiety. Okay, but what am I supposed to do? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And notice then what he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He said, If we have the Spirit of God dwelling within us and we are resting in the truth of God, the peace of God will rule in our hearts. So the things of life that come in and pressure us to be, oh man, what am I going to do? We cast our burden on the Lord. We take it to Him in prayer with thanksgiving. And God has a way of ministering to our soul a peace That cannot be explained. A peace that passes all understanding. Why should they have peace? It's the peace of God. So it's not just, okay, I've trusted Christ. He's going to take me to heaven. But man, i got to work this life out. And what a mess. And oh, did you hear what happened there? And oh, no, what are we going to do about it? Give me a pill. Ah, chill pill. No, it's the peace of God. 
A peacemaker has a walk with God that is built in the truth of God that says, I know God's in control. I can trust him. I rest in him. In 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake for his witness for Christ. The night before Ridley's execution, his brother offered to remain with him in prison to be of assistance, to comfort him. And Nicholas Ridley declined the offer and replied, he said, I'm planning to go to bed. I'm planning to sleep as quietly as I ever have because he knew the peace of God ruling in his heart. And he did just that. He went to bed that night. He rested in the strength of the everlasting arms of the Lord to meet him. And the peace of God ruled in his heart. Why? He giveth more grace as the burdens grow greater. And history is full of individuals who went to their martyrdom and the peace of God ruled in their hearts because they had peace with God and they were walking with God. They knew the peace of God. The third aspect that is involved in a peacemaker is that once we've come to know Christ as our Savior and the peace of God is ruling in our hearts, God intends us then to be a messenger of peace to the unsaved. A messenger of peace to the unsaved. Hey, the whole world's at war with God. Ah, thankfully, God, you gave me the truth of the gospel. And I'm learning to walk in the peace of God. Oh, isn't this wonderful? And God says, yes, it's wonderful. And now I have given you the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? That is to go to people that have no peace and to tell them they can have peace with God. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Okay, that's this one. All things are of God who has reconciled us to Jesus, to God through Jesus Christ. Then notice what it says. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, for us to be made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him 
So he said, you were reconciled to God. Now God has made us as believers to be reconcilers to the world to bring to them ambassadors representing, hey, God has given you this message. Jesus says there is peace. So you may work with someone and they, they have the nicest boat and they have the best truck and they just bought a new camper and they come to work tomorrow morning and they're just as grouchy as ever and you think, what's going on with you? And he said, I'm about sick of life. Why, man? You got everything. They have no peace. That's why. And they can win gold medals, but if they don't have Christ, they have no peace. And in God's mercy, he's allowed you to know Jesus Christ and the ministry that he's given you. Every one of us are called to the ministry. Every one of us, this is the ministry of reconciliation. Men and women are at war with God in their hearts, and they'll never be able to have peace with each other or to have peace with God because they have no peace in their hearts. And they must be told that Jesus Christ came Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We are the peacemakers who tell them how to have peace with God because we have had the peace of God ruling in our hearts. Now, there's one other area. We are called to be a facilitator or a helper To the peace with believers. Okay, here's two individuals. They are believers. They have peace with God. Uh, They may not have the peace of God ruling in their heart, but somewhere over here they got into it. Something, you know. They thought the pie should be cut in six pieces. The other one thought it should be cut in eight pieces. And we're not going to have enough pie if you cut them in six pieces. Yes, we will. We'll have enough. And, and so some little thing like that gets blown out of proportion. And they now sit in one corner of the church and the other person sits in another. And if one's in one Bible study, well, I'm, God isn't leading me to that Bible study. I'll tell you that much. And. And there is no peace. And God wants to use us to help bring peace among believers. Why? There's a reason. If you can't see, there's a reason this sign is green. It's because it's the most important of all. If I do not have peace... Of God in my heart, I'll look no different than the unbelievers, and I'm fretting about the world, and I'm mad at everybody. The believer says, I don't need what he's got. I can go fishing on Sunday morning. I don't have to do what he's doing. He's just as bitter. He's just as angry. Or they look at believers that can't get along, 
And why do we need to minister peace here? Because right here, people are dying and going to hell when they could be reconciled to Jesus Christ. We think, well, it's a personal issue between me and somebody else. and It's way bigger than that. It's the glory of God that's at stake here. And we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, and, and we can't reconcile. Now, there are times that, that and, and we'll talk more about this tonight in, in um, this aspect of peacemaking, but understand there are, there are times when truth does divide. But the issues of life that come and go, the irritations of life, the relational conflicts that come in, one that is facilitating peace. So, see, it may be two people. It may be you and someone else or me and someone else. A peacemaker swallows his pride, takes the high ground, Let's love cover a multitude of sins, admit wrong, forgets the injury. Instead of delighting in division and bitterness and strife and some petty divide and conquer mentality, disciples of Jesus delight to make peace whenever possible. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He delighted in making peace. Don't turn everything that's ever done against you into some massive issue. Jesus said we are to have peace one with another, brethren. Sometimes that means peacemakers don't say anything. They just let love cover it. Peacemakers aren't defensive. They're not self-protective. It's not about me. They're not vengeful. They don't give excuses for why they did what they did. Peacemakers, on the other hand, are looking for ways to strengthen relationships. And that's what he's called us. Look for ways to strengthen relationships so that when the unbelievers look and they'll say, Wow, one thing about those Christians, you can tell they're Christians by the way they love each other. Why do you do that? Well, let me tell you, this is why right here. Our sins are forgiven, and God is ruling in our hearts, and he gives peace. And, and we understand none of us are perfect, and we try to minister grace one to another. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Have you ever seen a son and you say, Ah, I know whose son that is. I can tell because he bears the resemblance of his father. That's what Jesus is saying here. When you are a peacemaker, you bear the resemblance of our father. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be doing a godlike work. The man who makes peace is engaged in the very work which the God of peace is doing. So do you understand when we have trusted Christ as our Savior 
and, and we plant seeds to make peace here and bring the message of peace to an unsaved person, do you understand you are participating in the very work of God? God sent His Son into the world so that there could be peace on earth. And you are bringing, you are living a godly life and loving them when they're unlovely and, and pointing them to Christ. And you are bringing the message of reconciliation, the message of peace to them. That's why we're here. It's all about this right here. I mean, honestly, if, if it was just about us having wonderful fellowship, let's all die and go to heaven. We'll have great fellowship up there. You know what I mean? You won't even have to bring food to the fellowship we have up there. It's not. We pursue letting Christ rule in our hearts and his peace ruling in our hearts so that we truly love one another, although we're all unlovely, so we can show the love of Christ and that people would know the greatness of God. Eric Little or Lydell, either way you say it, he's the Scottish runner. I checked up the pronunciation. In Scotland, it's Little. In other English, it's Lydell, okay? So I say that because some of you would miss the point in saying he pronounced that wrong. And Anyway, the Chariots of Fire guy, whose life was manifested in the movie Chariots of Fire, after his Olympic run... I'm not going into all that. You can go watch Chariots of Fire. It's a good movie. You can go watch that. But after all that, he served 20 years in China as a missionary. The last two, he was in a Japanese internment camp during the Second World War. In that camp, he was known as a peacemaker among individuals, among groups. Whenever anger flared up, Eric Little, in the stressful environment that was there, would be instrumental in helping calm things down, and his life left a deep, deep impression on everyone. When a Japanese guard ask why Little was not at roll call one day, a man told him that Eric had unexpectedly passed away just a few hours earlier. The guard, Japanese guard, paused and then replied, Little was a Christian, wasn't he? A language barrier, a barrier of war, but little acted like his father. And a Japanese guard could recognize a follower of God by his life. What do people recognize in our lives? Do you bear a resemblance of the Father? Let me say it another way. You do bear a resemblance of your Father. Either the devil by the strife and division that you bring, 
or Christ in peacemaking. So we began at the start and said, I want you to think of everyone. First of all, have you ever personally received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin? Or are you still at odds with God? You might say, I'm not at odds with God. Well, God may be at odds with you because God is holy and he cannot stand sin. If you have not trusted Christ, you are at odds with God. Have you received Jesus Christ? Then you say, yes, I have, Pastor. I know I'm a child of God. Let me ask, is your life known by the peace of God ruling in your heart? I mean, in your home, your spirit around the home, is it a peaceful spirit? At work, is it a peaceful spirit? Or can they count on you always griping about something, always stirring up strife, always pitting one against the other? Does the peace of God rule in your hearts? And then, when's the last time you even thought about bringing the message of peace to someone unsaved? Who are you praying for that you know does not know Christ and God help me to bring the message of peace to them? Whose life are you reaching out to? Who are you trying to touch? And then we come to this are there believers in your life that, that you're at odds with, that, that you need to take care of some things with, that you need to say, you know what, this isn't worth letting an issue come in here. This isn't glorifying God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Will people say, he was a Christian, wasn't he? Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to be at peace with you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all our sin so that we are no longer strangers and pilgrims, but we are fellow citizens, that we are at peace with you. And then, Lord, thank you for the peace that you give in this life. Even in the midst of turbulent times, as we sang earlier, when we are stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are truly blessed, finding, as you promise, perfect peace, and rest. Lord, I pray today that the peace of you would rule in our hearts. And then, Lord, forgive us for being selfish and just self-consumed with this peace to the point that we aren't burdened to bring others to the peace, that we aren't ministering in others' lives That we don't see them as in desperate need of this message of peace of you. And then, Lord, I pray for believers that may be at odds that even today they would put those things away and that they would put on the mercies of you. They would be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. 
even as you have forgiven us. So that others could see the love of you ruling in our hearts. Lord, we desire you to use us as peacemakers. May we obey your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads.